Welcome to episode number 91 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Always Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On this week's show is guest Cassie Klein. Um, that's right, the Penn Manor grad was back home. Um, we recorded this around the second week of July. And she's uh, now, as this podcast comes out, probably, what, two or three weeks into practice up at Penn State with the field hockey team. She's going into her senior year um, with the Nittany Lions there, and they are expected to be among the top NCAA Division I field hockey programs in the coming 2018 season. Cassie is coming off um, her junior campaign last year where she started 22 games at midfield. Um, She's one of nine returning starters for Penn State field hockey this fall, and she was kind enough to uh, drop by the LMP studio here in Lancaster um, in mid-July just to kind of chat about her whole field hockey journey from uh, how she got started um, playing club ball around sixth grade and kind of up through um, her time at Penn Manor. She reflected on just the odd circumstances of that state title game in 2014 when the comments went to double overtime tied against Palmyra. The game ends in a tie and as rules dictated back then, um, at least for uh, state field hockey title games anyway, it, it ends in a tie. They didn't go to penalty strokes. Um, so she just kind of reflects on that, that whole weird experience. And then how Penn State came into the picture for her and how she's gone about improving her craft on, on the field hockey field over these last few years and kind of her expectations for the coming season. We also get into what she's studying and kind of what she hopes to be a dream job in the future. One last programming note before we move forward here. If you guys like what you hear, feel free to go on iTunes or Google Play in the podcast section and search Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes and hit subscribe. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with Cassie Klein. Enjoy. Cassie, thanks for coming on. First off, I kind of like the start. I've been doing this new thing the last few weeks just as far as icebreakers. Easy questions, fun questions, just to try to get you relaxed and comfortable. Okay. Um, so with that being said, who was your favorite athlete growing up? Um, probably Tim Tebow. Okay. Yeah, you probably get that a lot. But um, I don't know. I really – I liked how he, like, played for God and just has really um, worked really hard and never, like, made excuses for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were young, what did you want to do when you grew up? Like, who'd you want to be? Oh, gosh. Um, I wanted to be a firefighter, believe it or not. And for the longest time, or like go in and be a cop in the police department. Um, Could you see yourself doing that now? No. No, (laughs) not at all. I didn't even, I mean, I played sports, but I never thought about like professional or even like division one at all. I just... Right. I had fun, and I liked to compete. So if you wanted to be a cop, were you, like, super strict at home, like on your siblings or anything? No, <laughs> Not at all. Right. I had Follow an older brother. But. All right. Um, what was your first job, or have you had a first job yet? Um, my first job was actually, well, my dad's a state farm agent, so I would help him okay. out. But then um, I work at Classic Estate Jewelry on Columbia Avenue, and my aunt owned it for a while. Um, she passed in September, but oh, I still sorry. work there. But I've been working there for like five years, and all I did was like take inventory and like clean jewelry, and so yeah, kind of a. For the, I'm not familiar. Are they like just women's jewelry, or are they like wedding bands, or it's, all the above? Or? It's yeah, it's right. a little bit of everything, but it's like all estate stuff, so it's like all pre-owned jewelry and everything. But so then, are you up to speed on like 
the latest trends in jewelry or do you know like the intricacies of like oh that's a good ring versus that's a bad ring or anything i'm learning a little <laughs> more um usually I don't or do what metals are better than others yeah. or stuff like that a little bit believe right. it. people would think like when people ask me my job they i'm like i work at a jewelry store and what, like, what's the latest fashion i guess in in jewelry or, or ring wearing or anything is there um, some, I, don't, I don't sit across <laughs> from somebody like you all that often so i'm curious probably like a lot of women are like the halo ring for an engagement ring um but i mean what would you prefer when time comes or haven't you thought that far ahead i haven't really thought that far i know if like you're working this job picking out oh i hope when (laughs) i get that one when time comes for um your jersey number in high school or college what is it and is there any story or significance behind it Um, my jersey number in high school, um, I always loved the number 24. It wasn't my jersey number because it was taken, but my dad's favorite baseball player was Willie Mays, and I just grew up, and he loved number 24, and I wanted it so bad, and then, um, so I chose number 16 in high school. Um, Renee Suter was actually number 16, and she went to play at UMass, Mm -hmm. and, um, I was, knew I had a lot to live up to, and then in college, I was... I could have had number 24, but I chose number 14 because Katie Brenneman mm. was at Penn State and went to Penn Manor, and I wanted to stick with something. So I just – I li- I loved Katie, and I loved Renee, and I wanted to take their numbers from yeah. them. Or it was an honor to be have their numbers. Mm-hmm. And to kind of give people an idea, okay, you went to school at Penn Manor. I know you just said you had an older brother. Like, what was your upbringing? Were you guys like a very athletic-centered household? And when it, what sports did you play? Or what were your hobbies when you were a kid? Uh, so my my dad's very athletic, um, loves sports. And my brother and I are actually complete opposites. He's <laughs> into video games. We never He never really played like my dad would make him play like baseball and little league ball and then he like swayed away from athletics and I loved it I actually played baseball till I was about 12 and then my dad's like you're getting a little old you should probably like play softball but I was like the only girl on my team for a long time and once I changed to softball I couldn't stand it I wanted to go back to baseball but I obviously I'm a girl so I couldn't (laughs) and um I played basketball up until freshman year of high school and then gave that up and I picked up, started picking up a field hockey stick when I was around 10, and my mom played in high school, um, but she didn't play in college, and I just, I loved it, but I, I also ran track my senior year, right. so I I just loved b- sports and, like, being around them, and, and then I was blessed to have Matt Soto as my coach, and he was yeah. like, hey, come out, <clears throat> like, you can play this in the winter, you can play it in the spring, so I got involved. I was actually... When I was in sixth grade, I started playing club with the upperclassmen, so like eighth, seventh, eighth graders. And usually they don't, like I was still in elementary school. And um, so then when I hit ninth grade, I was playing on like U19 teams. Mm -hmm. And I was 14 years old, so. So if you started playing, would you say sixth grade? Mm -hmm. What was, because we know Lancaster County now is such a big field hockey powerhouse mm-hmm. and producer of such top-notch athletes. But, like, when you were a kid in elementary school, was that even a thing back then as far as, like, did you notice that and, and want to pick that? It was just Matt coming to you, hey, give this a try, <laughs> I guess. He, yeah, it was right. mainly Coach Soto. Um, and it was all always soccer, and I never fell in love with soccer. Like, people, like, some of my best friends fell in love with soccer. 
it's pretty crazy. You played baseball until the age of 12, and you would think, <laughs> you, okay, switch to softball, and you would just be this softball phenom, but you ended up doing track later on in, as the spring sport, I guess. I'm trying to, the, this whole time since you said that, I've been trying to think, who is the, uh, the girl baseball player in, in the Little League World Series from a few years ago who was from Oh, Philadelphia. is there? Is yeah, there, yeah. The, she was all over ESPN and Sports Illustrated. The name escapes me right now, and I can't think of it. It'll come to me later. Anyway, um, so I kind of wanted to ask you, you hit on a lot of things there. Um, I'm going to go over kind of some numbers and accolades as far as your high school career, and then I have some questions I want to get back um, to you with. Cassie was a four-year starter and senior captain at Penn Manor. As a junior in 2013, she led the Lancaster Lebanon League in assists and finished third in total scoring. As a senior in 2014, she finished third in the league in goals and total scoring. For her career, she tallied 51 goals and 44 assists. Along the way, she helped the Comets qualify for states all four years, winning the section championship all four years and league championship three times, and then makes it to the uh, state championship game in 2014 um, she scores the lone goal for Penn Matter in what ended up being a 1-1 tie in a state title game. If you're listening to this and think, how in the world did that happen? Well, back then, um, I guess according to PIAA rules, a state final that's tied after double overtime is not decided by penalty strokes like regular season, even district tournament games. Um, that it instead counts as a tie. That rule, I was just checking with our field hockey reporter, Daniel Pugliese, of like, hey, is that still in place? They changed the rule, right, mm-hmm. like a month after that happened to you guys now because the penalty strokes. But at the time, 1-1 one, one tie after double, two double, yeah, double overtimes um, with Penn Manor and Palmyra, you guys ended in a tie. Now that you kind of look back on it, I'm sure it's still tough, but like what do you <laughs> kind of take away from that? That was such a weird situation. It was – it was the weirdest situation I think I've ever been in. Um, it's obviously still a little hurts a little bit because, you know, people are like, you aren't really champion, like you're co-champions, like nothing really happened. But it was strange. And I remember going to that game. I was like, it's my last high school game ever. Like, I'm going to cry if I win and I'm going to cry if I lose. And then when they're like, it ends in a tie. I just, I did not know what to do. I was just like looking around. I didn't know. Did you I still cry no or that you nope. were so stunned there was no tears <laughs> at all? I was so all stunned. Right. Wow. Um, and I know you kind of said during that game, like, each team had their opportunities anyway. With the current rules in place, like, in a game like that, you want it decided pretty much in regulation or overtime. Like, mm-hmm. it's decided by penalty stroke, so what? That's kind of, like, not the essence of the game. Obviously, you would have preferred a winner, but, like, I don't know if you could kind of go back and do it with a – rules that are in place now with penalty strokes like would you prefer it that way now that you've kind of experienced what it's like to end in a 1-1 tie I guess or like do you like that it ended that way as opposed to penalty strokes or how would you have liked it decided I guess um I think so many games are decided based off of penalty strokes like Mm -hmm. if there's a tie so I wouldn't have minded because I thought that's what was going to happen after two overtimes but I wish there was like a third like I know they changed it for like the one soccer team that had like so many overtimes but I wish there was I don't know I think two two 15 minute 15 minute overtime is a little short yeah yeah that definitely was an odd situation it's part of history anyway if you guys probably gonna end up being the last PIAA title game that ends in a tie um you mentioned earlier um playing for coach Matt Soto 
field hockey people here now in Lancaster County know Penn Matters is coming off another state title win and all that. Um, I'm kind of curious back then, now that you've known him for X amount of years, like just from your perspective, um, what do you think Coach Soto has done right to build Penn Manor into such a field hockey powerhouse? I think he does a good job at developing the younger players and hmm. giving them because in high school it was never it was always you come to this workout unless you're busy or you're on vacation like there's no other excuse it's not I don't feel like it like it was always a priority to put that above everything else like it's get your homework done and be at practice it's mm. do what you have to do to be there and he he always and I mean, we, we ran, we conditioned, and we worked on six skills for so long, and he just knew how to develop, like, the younger girls. And I remember my senior year, like, looking back, and there were, there were girls that were freshmen, and they were starting, and they were – they did awesome. Mm. And um, he – Forgive he me for knows. being ignorant of this. The the younger levels through like does Penn Manor have a, a middle school team associated mm -hmm. through the school? It's not just club and then the school teams over here starting in ninth grade. So that's that's all affiliated from from a young age on up, I guess. Yeah. Which yeah. is a, a big thing, I guess, in establishing that and getting those players in the pipeline and whatnot and having that financial support from the school. Um, I wanted to ask you too because this kind of ties into how you end up at Penn State anyway. The the club ball slash showcase events. I'm not too familiar with that, but I'm kind of more up to speed on like basketball, AAU type of stuff mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But Cassie anyway played club field hockey for Spooky Nook, earned numerous medals at the Disney Showcase Festival and National Indoor Tournament, participated in the Junior Olympics in the 2012-13 season in the Futures Elite, um, which I guess is a club program, Futures Elite? Or it's like um, USA field hockey. Okay. Um, so with that being said, um, what's like the process involved in making those types of, I imagine the club teams, you probably pay X amount of money and, and go mm -hmm. on the team, but as far as making junior Olympics and stuff like that, for people who are unfamiliar, is there like a tryout process or like multiple levels that you have to get through? What is that like? So you sign up and pay for, um, you go through a process called futures and it's through USA and you have, that's, um, Sunday mornings, three hour practice. And then at the end of that, you have a selection tournament and that's, um, usually in the summer and you'll just play, you're put on teams from girls all over and like from the area but there's like level one futures level two three four five so like all those girls are put into one team and then through that you play all day and then you're selected to go to um junior olympics or to go to possibly like jnc camp junior national camp and then and in addition to that are you also playing on like a club field hockey team in the spring or summer then or no we did in the, in the winter, we did the club, and then in the spring, we usually had, okay. like, Penn Manor practices. So we would, he would start that early, which is another, like, big thing to his success and everything. How, as far as club field hockey goes, how important is that to get exposure or to get out in front of college coaches? Like, is that used a lot for club field hockey today? Like, that's the way that you're going to get noticed? I, I mean, I personally think so because that's – college coaches is off season so mm -hmm. that's when they like in the winter and in the spring that's when they can get out and go because they I mean they're traveling in the fall and they can't always come to your right. your high school so games. it's a lot of like the the winter indoor season like you're playing indoors somewhere on the turf riot spooky nook and stuff like that mm -hmm. um how 
proactive were you in a sense as far as like getting your name out there or did you just kind of play and hope people saw you like I didn't know if if you developed a list of I want to go here here and here and get contact information for the coaches and send me your highlight tapes or anything like that um yeah I I I definitely visited schools and that to me is if I love the campus and I like the the team and the coaches but um people were sending me emails my freshman year and I would go through and kind of rank the ones that I personally wanted to and then I would reach out to them and I'm interested so and then we I think that's important because sometimes you know high schoolers might think they just show up at stuff and hopefully coaches will notice them but I don't know maybe more so today I, I had a college football coach in here earlier today and he was just chatting a little bit about like how serious of a process it's become and he hopes kids mm-hmm. don't and that's kind of why I'm asking you as far as like how in those club events how you kind of juggle like okay you're you're getting exposure to college coaches but you also want to make sure that you're playing your game and playing it the right way like how challenging was that um it's nerve-wracking and I I tried not to think about it too much I tried to just play to win and play with my teammates and Mm -hmm. and play to compete and I I tried to not pay attention to who was watching or what what Mm because they they wear it I mean they have a Penn State hat or a Penn State shirt like I I know they're over there I can see them but I tried not to um, pay attention to them a whole lot and And since you kind of brought up I had on my list of questions for later but just as far as so for instance you just kind of talked about not putting too much pressure on yourself and you know we talked earlier about the the state title game in 2014 you scored the goal there ends up being the game tying goal you you've come up big in these these crunch time moments i'm kind of curious you seem in your career to have been able to handle pressure okay i don't know if it, if that's an accurate assessment but i'm just wondering how you kind of go about doing that or maybe it's just a matter of experience and getting used to those stages um i definitely <clears throat> lean on my teammates as they probably leaned on me my mm. being a captain my senior year and I I love to compete and there's nothing I love more than having a big game and being mentally ready on the bus and and knowing that this is going to be a tough game but and that I I need to bring it all in it's just realizing you're going to make mistakes throughout the game but not trying to do too much either like just playing how you would normally play and I mean I we practiced so much like we were ready we were ready for it and it's just remembering that and staying calm through the tough times and so you guys probably practice like situational type of stuff so that mm-hmm. way all right it kind of becomes second nature once you're on and that when does Penn State come into the picture for you um I visited well so my dad is an alumni yeah. and we always went up for football games ever since I was little and I contacted them my junior year and I went on a visit and before that, I had visited other schools. I visited um, Delaware. I visited Stanford. I visited UMass, and um, I got on campus, and it just—it always just every time I was there, it felt like home. And I was sitting in Char's office, and she was like, "We we we're interested in you. We want you." And I committed on the spot. Wow. 
I was just out uh, this time a year ago. I was probably out on the uh, Stanford campus. My wife, I have family that lives out in San Jose, but we started, decided to take a trip to some spots in Stanford. Like, wow, what a beautiful campus. Oh, and it's, it's warm year-round. It's, it's like not, yeah. no humidity. So it's a wonder how you uh, were able to kind of say no to that. But anyway, um, the classroom is a big part uh, in this too. You know, academics are a big part. I know we've been talking a lot about field hockey, and I'll get back to that. But for those who might be unfamiliar, what are you majoring in, and kind of what's the dream job there? I'm majoring in biobehavioral health. Um, it's not too too known as a major, and usually if you get a degree, you, you have to go to some type of grad school. Um, but Penn State doesn't have a physical therapy program, so I'm taking all my extra prerequisites to go to physical therapy school. What is biobehavioral health? It's like this, so it's like a step under kinesiology and kinesiology is like the study the study of like movements and biobehavioral health is just like the study of the whole body okay i didn't know if it was like a mix of of kind of like what drugs do to the the body and how you the body behaves i don't know yeah i'm completely it's, wrong it's with that or. honestly a, it's a broad it's a mix of everything that affects I mean, I have like ethics courses, I have okay. straight biology courses, I have anatomy courses. And before we start recording here, um, you had mentioned you're doing a, or have done or are doing a, a shadowing through a physical therapy place. Um, you hope to go to grad school after you complete your bachelor's and then like what's, what ideally like what would you like to do in five years, I guess? Like where do you see yourself landing? Well, I want to be a physical therapist. Okay. Um, and I want to stay local, but wherever that's why I want to like I want to go to grad school local so that hopefully mm -hmm. I get hired outside of how did you find local. physical therapy like that's something you wanted to do because just knock on wood going over your numbers you've been pretty healthy most of your career so like oftentimes when I talk to people physical therapy because I had this injury back in my life so how did it come into play for you um, my mom's an occupational therapist so I okay. kind of grew up around it well that's nice if you are injured just go to mom and she can kind of tell you what to do yep all yep. right has there been any examples in the last few years of you calling mom like hey my ankle's <laughs> not feeling right or anything like that or? well i had my senior year i broke my thumb and i had thumb surgery so i missed a good chunk of the season wow. my senior year of high school on your dominant hand non-dominant hand um yeah my my right so that was the senior year when you guys made it to the state title game. Mm -hmm. All right. So how did that affect you kind of getting back out in the field? Like, were you good to go by the time states rolled around or were you battling through that at all? Or? Um, I actually, so we, ha we have um, section and the second half, like the last game of the first half of the section. So you know how you play them twice. Yeah. Like um, I, we were playing CV and the I was trailing and I knew the ball was high and it was going to come out anyways but I tried to stop it and it, it got my thumb and I ended up shattering my thumb I went to the ER that night and they were like it's going to take like eight to ten weeks like your thumb shattered and I went to go get a second opinion at Johns Hopkins and we like my family was praying the whole time and the x-rays got sent over but they 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 couldn't open the files and they ended up doing new x-rays and um so my thumb wasn't shattered in the new x-rays it was just knocked off and turned and he was like you're gonna you're gonna need to go under get p pins put in you're gonna this is like gonna be surgery and so I did that and he was like it's gonna take six to eight weeks and I was like okay so I'm gonna be I won't be back until districts 
And so it ended up, we went back four weeks later. He was like, it, I don't know how, but it's completely healed. <laughs> and he took it off. He took the pins out. And I ended up playing that night in the LL League championship. Wow. So Very I was out the second half of the section and came back in the LL League Do you still have any lingering effects from it or not really? Um, no, not too much. Like if you get it banged in a game, it will be like even more worse than what normal people. So it's completely good to go now. Yeah, all right. it's completely healed. Um, all right, on to Penn State um, as a freshman 2015 Cassie saw action 11 games Penn State went 9 and 10 overall I'm kind of curious the transition from high school to college um, what that was like is it just a matter of speed of the game Are the players a lot faster Are they a lot bigger like what was the most challenging things for you there that first year uh, definitely speed of the game because it's a whole new turf it's water-based so I was used to playing it a little bit on club but not with the level of skill that comes with division one um, and I was blessed because I did have Coach Soto, and he was pretty tough on me because he saw potential, and Shar mm. was pretty tough on me, and I was, I was used to that yeah. level of demand that was needed. Um, but, it, I mean, it was a tough transition yeah. probably for anyone. Because I guess the type of turf you play on a Penn Mara, it's actually like kind of, I don't know, th- I don't know how to describe it. It's like a plastic grass essentially so it's thicker whereas at Penn State it's basically just like a flat running surface like you actually are on turf and and like yeah. so the ball's going a lot faster essentially yeah. um sophomore year Cassie saw action in 12 games Penn State um I mentioned earlier a second ago in 2015 they went 9 and 10 and then 2016 improved to 17 and 3 overall 6 and 2 in conference play um I know you saw you know sporadic action that year but I'm just kind of curious your opinion as far as like how do they go, you know, under 500 to such a great season freshman the sophomore year? Uh, we had a lot of experience going from freshman to sophomore year because there were 10. There's 10 in my class. Mm. Um, so right. my freshman year, they they were coming from Laura Gebhardt and Katie Brenneman, who all graduated. And we had a tough spring after that season. Um, and she, we, like, Shar had us stick skills like playing games all the time which was we needed that Uh, so our experience level just skyrocketed come sophomore year and um so obviously you had a good junior year and i'll get get there in a second so you have 10 seniors coming up this coming season yeah wow all right so expectations must be uh yeah last uh fall junior year 2017 for cassie cassie excuse me um started all 22 games logging three goals three assists what was uh, what position were you playing, and what kind of were your responsibilities on game day? I guess um, I was playing midfield, and my first two years I was actually playing forward, and oh, I wow. I love both of them, but I'm more I feel more comfortable with distributing the ball than I do taking the ball to the circle, and it's just a level of comfort zone that I have more playing like in the in the middle of the field. Um, but that's both attack and defense, so I had to be ready for anything, and I had to up my game on both. So after starting 22 games last year, coming back, being a senior this time, are you taking on more of a leadership role than you'd say you probably ever have at Penn State this year? Uh, Is that fair to say, or were you doing that last season? No, I'm – well, yes, I would say she – like. Char looks at the seniors, but there's 
there is a lot in my class and a lot of us are and there's nine returning starters and we lost two starters so I think it will be a bigger leadership but again there's there's a lot in my class that we all have experience and we all are in that role and some of us were already some of us played and started all four years right um so we're recording a second week in july when will you go back to campus and when does practice start i go back august 7th and practice starts 8th um so what have you been working on over the off season um now now that you're home um i'm kind of curious as far as like what have your days been like just as far as training? What gym are you going to? Or are you running X amount of miles every day out in this heat or anything? Like, what's what's gone into these last couple months for you? I actually try and beat the heat. So I get up in the morning um, around, like, 6.30 and just hit – I work at 9.30, so I um, hit my running and lifting. And I actually lift at Planet Fitness. Super cheap, super affordable. <laughs> um, it gets the job done, and so I'm able to do that. But – Usually it's um, sprint workouts and then six skill workouts and um, Saturdays like a, a mile, four mile run. So when you say you get up running at 630, like how long are you running? Because field hockey, you don't, I guess being a midfielder, you're probably are running a little bit more. But like, mm-hmm. are you doing long distance or are you doing more short distance and sprinting and interval training or what's that consistent? We do a lot of interval training okay. sprints. Um, and then lifting for a field hockey player, like how much does that entail for you? I guess if you're going to plan a fitness, it's probably a lot of machine work and stuff like that. I actually don't dumbbells. use any of the machine. I use the dumbbells a lot. Okay. Um, but it's more like, more obviously not football, so we don't need to yeah. um, max out every day. Or, But it's more just like staying toned. And you get, I mean, field hockey is a pretty mm-hmm. physical sport, so you get hit around and you get pushed around. So you have to be able to hold your ground with it so we do lift three days a week what's uh obviously you have team goals but is there anything being a midfielder coming back as a senior being a starter last year is there anything specifically that you have laid out like here's the three things that I want to do better this season yeah definitely um I want to get better vision on the field and just know where to put the ball when I get the ball um and this is stuff like I have talked about with my coach but just like to know when like my I just want my speed of play to just heighten so much and like the competitive level to just heighten so much because I I want to win a national championship I want to win a, another Big 10 championship and um I know my level of play can heighten. How do you go about improving vision then? I mean, you've been playing for so many years and you've been, you know, a full-time starter now going on second year in a row. Like you you have had the experience, I guess. I'm just wondering how you get to that next level. Just it's a lot of pre-scanning and a lot of honestly knowing and watching because we get the video of teams and knowing and watching what my girl does and what I can use to get around her, what I can, like, looking at her flaws if mm-hmm. and using them as strengths for that game. Okay. And probably getting on the same page with your teammates as far as yeah, where definitely. they like to receive passes or shoot from on the field and stuff like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, you kind of mentioned it with uh, 10 seniors coming back this year, or uh, 10 seniors in the 2019 class anyway for the upcoming 2018 season, nine of them returning starters. Um, I'm just kind of curious as far as like, I know you said you want to win a national championship, but 
uh, it's probably a stupid question, but is that a realistic expectation for you guys? Like, are you often talking about it um, in these last few months? And, and how are you going about tackling that, I guess? Yeah, I, I personally definitely think it's realistic. Um, we always, Shar always brings up championship mindset with everything you do, like mm. every rep, every drill, and every practice, you do it 100% because that's what's going to win a national championship. It'll probably be different this year, too, in that everybody knows you have all this talent back, so maybe you're going to have a target on your back. Um, now having reached the conference title game, too, in the last, last two years in a row, is that, I don't know, I've thought about it, or maybe you guys felt that way last year, too as far as like teams gunning for Penn State when, when you're playing them? Um, we always, we have rivals definitely um, that we, yeah, that they will, they do, it is Penn yeah. State and they do come after us, but I wouldn't necessarily, maybe we do have a target on our back. I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't think, think like it. that too right. much. Um, you've mentioned it a couple times uh, just throughout this uh, this conversation as far as you're blessed um, and different things. I'm kind of curious, me being a fellow believer, I'm glad that you share that. And I'm kind of curious as far as like how that applies to you being a student athlete, just as far as when your faith comes into play or maybe it, how it's helped you overcome obstacles that you faced along the way. I Yeah, I definitely think it, it has helped me overcome obstacles and just that sense of being stressed and worried before a game and it's it's not in my hands it's my hands to bring all the effort I can and that's that's it that's all I can do um and I do pray before every game and I think I mean I I it has helped me personally and it's helped me overcome a lot of things just with their tough times and I look I don't I look that this is in his plan Mm. Did you grow up in a spiritual household? I did, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of where you get it from. Um, do you mind sharing, are there any examples you mind sharing just as far as how it's helped you overcome tough times, whether it be on or off the field? Well, I did, I shared my, um, when I broke my thumb. Okay. And I, I personally did see the x-rays of it shattered, and then I don't know how a couple of days later it, my thumb was not shattered at all. Wow. Um, and it was a clean break, so that's a miracle. Yeah. And um, this, this, I mean, the state game was a miracle and just being able to be where I am and just not have major injuries and not have um, like being as healthy as I am. Yeah. And um, this is kind of the point of the podcast where I like to ask guests as far as, hey, is there any advice that you can kind of leave listeners with? Whether it be something that might improve them as a person or maybe somebody's going through a tough time, they need um, like a pick-me-up, or maybe there's just a mantra that you live by that has pushed you forward in being so successful to get where you're at. Uh, my biggest thing is keep going because the pain ends. And even though you feel the pain now, it's, it's going to be worth it in the end, and it's going to that pain that you feel when you're lifting, when you're running, when you just don't think you can go anymore, like you can, you can push your body and you can go more and it does end. Awesome. Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast, podcast, then you'll enjoy listening to the previous 90 episodes. So feel free to go back and listen to those in the archives. Last week, we chatted with new Millersville University head football coach, JC Morgan, as the Marauders are busy preparing for the upcoming 2018 season. 
Next week, we will be chatting with Hempfield alum Nick Glass as he's dropping by to share his experience now as a member of the men's rowing team at Temple University. Uh, with that being said, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future guests on this show. So if you listen to this and think, hey, I know this person, they'd be great. Throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Cassie, how can folks find more information about Penn State field hockey and or follow you, any social media platforms you might be on? Yeah, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I think that's uh, at Penn State FH, at least from what I found. Um, and I know, are you on active anywhere? Do you mind sharing the? We don't have to if you don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on Instagram as Cass Klein, and I'm on Facebook. You can just find me under Cassie Klein, and I'm on Twitter at Cassie underscore Klein 14 on Twitter. I knew that. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Penn State's first game of the 2018 season, regular season anyway, August 19th at Syracuse, and first home game. August 26th at home against Virginia. You can find the full schedule on gopsusports.com. Before we wrap up here, just want to give a shout out to my colleagues, Tyler Huber and Irene Snyder. They are the engineers slash producers of this podcast. Thanks to another colleague, Claudia Espenshade. She gets this thing online. So thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening. And Cassie, thanks for sharing your story. Of course. Thank you.